Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth. God desires to walk with you and with myself. Walking speaks of progress, direction, companionship. And he reveals himself to those who are seeking to uh, investigate the purpose of God for their life and the things that God has. For that reason, Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? It's a rhetorical question with only one answer. No. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. There's an old saying that goes, if God seems far away, guess who moved? Despite the promise of Scripture that Jesus is standing at the door of our heart willing to enter in, let's face it, even the most faithful have periods of doubt along their walk with the Lord. So if you felt a disconnect in your relationship with God, join Pastor Xavier along with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus for this encouraging message titled, Who Does Jesus Reveal Himself To? Open your Bible to the text for today's Simple Truth Study in Luke chapter 24. Want to look at the account of the two men on the road to Emmaus? Well, we don't know if they're men, but we're just going to assume that right now. Two disciples on the road to Emmaus that the Lord reveals to Himself in a very natural, progressive way with great intimacy, as we'll see. The passage is unique to Luke. No one else has it. We only get this account here. We have a confirmation of commentary in in Mark, and we'll see that. But uh, Jesus has been crucified and placed in the tomb. The apostles have abandoned him. They've all left him. The message of hope is seemingly almost extinguished, but the various appearances of Jesus ignites the gospel message to the living hope. There is no other hope on this earth apart from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is no hope. It's not in religion. It's not in philosophy. It's not in anything but in Jesus Christ. And I can't encourage you enough, if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, that you open your heart to what God will speak to you as we look at this text. The account of the two walking on the road to Emmaus presents us three reasons why Jesus reveals himself to man. Let me read our text for us. It says, Now, behold, two of them were traveling the same day in a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, And they talked together all these things which had happened. And so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversations is it that you have with one another as you walk and are so sad? And then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things that have happened here, there in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed in the word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucify him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find the body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said... He was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb, found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures of the things concerning himself. And then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in and stayed with them. Now, 
It came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us as while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? And so they rose up that very hour, returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. The two men walking, or the two disciples here walking on the road to Emmaus presents us three reasons why Jesus reveals himself. First, to walk with man, verse 13 through 16, to walk with man. Second, to talk with man, verse 17 through 27. And thirdly, to sup with man, verse 28 through 35, or dine with him, to eat. And so here Jesus reveals himself to walk with man. This is just fundamental. God desires to walk with you and with myself. The two individuals were disciples of Jesus. Notice in verse 13, behold, the two were traveling the same day to the village called Emmaus, which uh, was seven miles away. The scene presents to us a call to attention. The word behold is exclamatory. In other words, you're driving down the street and say, hey, look there. There's something to catch your eye. And each person has to turn to look at that. And uh, the old King James translated, lo. And the great community says, lo, I'm with you always. And it calls attention. Each person has to do that themselves. Now, it's an imperative command. It's not a suggestion. And the two people traveling here were disciples of Jesus Christ. We know this because in verse 21, we're going to see that uh, they said that they were hoping that he might redeem Israel. And uh, they were discouraged because it was already the third day. And in verse 24, it's also going to tell us that, uh, that others of their group had gone to the tomb. And um, uh, basically the women, they found it empty. So they were all believers and they were traveling on Sunday. That's what this is. Indicated by the phrase, the same day. Points back to verse 1 of the chapter, first day of the week, Sunday. Emmaus, seven miles away. We don't know where the location is. No one is known. Josephus mentions it. Others mention it. But we're not sure of the location. But we do know that it says it was seven miles. Now, they're returning home from the Passover. Because on the Sabbath day, you couldn't travel more than five-sixths of a mile. This is seven miles. So I have to wait till Sunday. Okay. Now, notice in verse 14, the two individuals were discussing the events uh, regarding Jesus in Jerusalem, and they uh, talked together all these things that had happened. As we're going to see, it progresses to find out that the demeanor is really not that of great hope. The things are not stipulated specifically here, but when we get to verse 19 to 24, they will enumerate certain things for Jesus. They had seen Jesus riding to Jerusalem on the triumphal entry, Zechariah 9.9, fulfilling the Messiah. Hosanna, blessed comes in the name of the Lord. They were thrilled. They were ready to expect the kingdom to be established, but instead Jesus was arrested, tried, crucified, and put in the tomb. They were from this high, and they came down crashing. You ever been there? You expected something so great, and all of a sudden it just washed all away? Notice in 15, the two individuals were disappointed and perplexed. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So 
they were intensely involved in this discussion, and then they're walking, and there's something about walking when you don't have the distractions, different things, you can talk, whatever it is. And the word um, converse there simply means to talk. So they were discussing these things, and they were reasoning, it says. They were seeking to examine and investigate. That's the word. Some uh, times the word can be translated to dispute or argue. Some people uh, say this is the way it should be translated, but not so. The context denies it. They were trying to figure out these things as we see it uh, develop. As they're traveling, Jesus just walks up. Now, this was customary because when people went to the feast days, they would come along the rolls and they would gather other groups for um, security and protection and company at the same time. So it was nothing abnormal or anything else. Now, Jesus is glorified. He's in his glorified body. But as he comes in, they don't see anything. They don't notice any difference because we're going to see he veiled their eyes. Okay? So they, they just look at him as, they didn't even recognize him as Jesus, as a matter of fact. And remember, Jesus could travel instantly from one location to the other. When the apostles were afraid in John 20, 26, and they were behind closed doors, all of a sudden he's just in the middle of the room. Jesus began to walk with them on the road to Emmaus. No objections, no suspect, nothing at all. And notice in 16, the two individuals were hindered from seeing him, as I said. Their eyes were restrained. They did not know him. A divine empowerment to just conceal them for the set purpose in mind that Jesus here is going to reveal It's the same thing that is going to happen in verse 31 as he will open their eyes. Uh, The same thing happened to you, happened to me when we repented of our sins. We heard the gospel and our eyes were open to see ourselves under the wrath of God in need of a Savior. It wasn't by our intellect. It wasn't because we were so smart. And God removed that veil through the preaching of the gospel. We have various accounts of Jesus when he appeared and he wasn't recognized. Uh, Mark 16.12 says, and by the way, Mark 16.12 is a commentary on this event that only Luke records. Listen. He says, after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. This is the occasion. That's a commentary, verifying that this is a, a valid account. And John tells us Mary Magdalene thought Jesus was the gardener in John 20.15. So for God's purposes and that, he, he kind of just veiled their, their eyes. Walking with God is basic. It all began that way in the Garden of Eden. It says Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the evening. Enoch walked with God. He was not because God took him. Walking speaks of progress, direction, uh, companionship. God hears and delights at the conversation of God's people when they're walking with him to see if they're talking about him or not. God would be interested if Xavier Rees only talks about God on the pulpit or if he talks to about God at home with his grandkids, with friends, with other people. He takes note of that. Listen to Malachi 3.16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and who meditated on his name. Now, if you know the book of Malachi, it was a period of time of great sarcasm and, and indifference to God. Okay? And yet God knows the people who speak about him, about it with each other and everything. He marks it down. Jesus travels himself throughout the world always. He doesn't have to go from location to location. He's everywhere at the same time. And he reveals himself to those who are conversing and reasoning about the things of God, seeking to uh, investigate the purposes of God for their life and the things that God has. For that reason, Amos 3.3 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? It's a rhetorical question with only one answer. No. We agree with God. 
So I must be a man of the word so I understand what God reveals, what it is. A lot of people say they have faith, but if your faith doesn't take you back to the revelation of God, it's not biblical faith. It's simply your opinion. In other words, God says that Jesus died for my sins, dead, risen, and if I believe that, my sins can be forgiven. My mind says that's stupid. God's word says that's true. My faith is biblical when I believe God's revelation. You understand? It's real simple. Jesus reveals himself to those who walk by faith and not by sight, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We have to make sure that our faith is biblical. Again, it's not based on emotion, on circumstances, or situations. I thank God that I was channeled right into a Bible-teaching pastor, Pastor Chuck Smith, when I got born again. Because if your pastor wouldn't have been grounded, just been born again, the, the tides of time would not have kept me. The only thing that's going to keep you is the word of God. It's solid. It's ever fixed. It's a rock. Emotions, feelings, circumstances, all that. It'll take you through it. The word of God. And so Jesus reveals himself to walk with men. That's what he wants to do. Walk with you. Walk with me. Secondly, Jesus reveals himself to talk with man. Look at 17 through 27. In 17 to 20, Jesus wanted to talk to them about their sadness. Jesus asked the two the topic of their conversation and why they were so grieved. He said to them, what kind of conversation is this between you? You're having with one another and, and you're walking and are sad. Now, the Lord wasn't asking for information. He knew exactly. He wanted them to pour his heart, their heart out to him. When we go to prayer, he doesn't need information. He wants me to pull my heart out to him. That's what he wants. You understand? Our pride keeps us from that. Our, our intellect, whatever it may be. The word sad means downcast, sullen. And if you live in any length of time here on earth, you're going to have plenty of those days. <laughs> but Jesus is risen. This is the key. This is where they're at. They're not going to stay there. Jesus was responding to their need. And Jesus was responded to with amazement. Then one of those who was Cleopas here in verse 18 answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things which happen here these days? Sheesh, he's Jewish. <laughs> Astonished, Cleopas asked if he were a stranger in Jerusalem. Are you coming from out of town? Were you from the moon? Because everybody knows what happened. Everybody was at the trial. Everybody followed him to Calvary. Everybody saw him crucified. Some tried to tie Clopas and the other individual as his wife in John 19, 25, when it says the wife of Clopas, not Cleopas. They're not the same names. We don't know who these two people are. We know one's name, but we don't know who they are. It doesn't matter. It's what Jesus did for them that's important. Very, very important. Now notice in verse 19 and 20, Jesus then inquired about the things in particular. He asked, and he said to them, what things? <laughs> Jesus comes to you. What, what's wrong? Oh, you know. Those things. What things? You know. What things? <laughs> We don't want to deal with issues at times. Both responded at the same time about the ministry of Jesus. They identified Jesus in his humanity. 
So they said to him, the thing concerning Jesus of Nazareth, very particular person here. They identify him according to his anointing, who was a prophet mighty indeed and were before God and all the people. A prophet like unto Moses in Deuteronomy 18.15, the God-man. This particular one. And then both in verse 20 told about the betrayal of the death of Jesus and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. Notice they, they put their finger on the true culprits, their, their, their chief priests and all their religious rulers. Jesus told Pilate, the one who delivers me to you has a greater guilt. Yes, Rome crucified him, but it was the Jews who turned him in. That's why Jesus condemned them and pronounced judgment for 70 A.D. Look at 21. Jesus wanted to talk to them about their loss of hope. Notice how one thing is led, leads to another. They're all connected. Both of them had placed their confident trust in Jesus to be the Messiah. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. The word but is a shark conjunction here contrasting the two. It stands in sharp contrast to the high hope of redeeming Israel and the crushing hopelessness of his death in the previous verse. Gone. The word redeem means to release on the receipt of the payment of ransom. It's an infinitive. One about to pay the ransom or price and thus deliver Israel, but it stopped. As far as they're concerned, it stopped. I haven't seen hide nor hair of them. It's the third day to say these two were speaking only about political deliverance is a contradiction to the text and the context. They've indicated their hope in spite of his death and the hope of the resurrection the third day, both in 20 and 21. Now notice both of them had given up trusting Jesus by, to be Messiah to an extent. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. So somebody was aware of the third day. Now the, the, the apostles, they were the unbelievers. The religious rulers would believe more. The, the, the Roman guards would believe more than they. And they said, if all this was not bad enough, besides all this, worse yet, it's the third day. Now he was crucified on Friday. Many people make a big to-do about whether he was crucified on Thursday or Friday. Was it three days complete and three nights complete and that? Jesus said three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, just like Jonah in the belly. Now, the Jews began on sundown, okay? Jesus was put in the tomb before sundown, okay? You have one day. You have all the way to Saturday. It's two days. And Saturday is Sunday morning because Sunday morning begins Sunday even Saturday evening. It's three days. Part of a day is still a day, okay? And he rose from the dead. So a lot of people try to make an intellectual thing about it. Trust me, it was Friday, and he was up on Sunday, okay? He wasn't late. Now notice, in verse 22 to 24, Jesus wanted to talk to them about their confusion, hopelessness, confusion, all this kind of stuff. I'm glad you guys don't need to know anything about this, but just in case, okay? He says concerning the affirmed report by the women of the tomb. They're, they're trying to make sense of this stuff. Well, Jesus said this, this happened, that happened. We were up here, he said this now. And these crazy women, they said, this, I, I, you know, what are we going to do this? And they, all this information is coming in. Yes, and certain women of our company, so they're all believers. Mary Magdalene, 
Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome were there. Verse 10 of this chapter and Mark 15, 40 tells us. Jesus appeared to Mary and told her not to cling to him because he had not ascended to the Father in John 20, 16 through 17. Remember? And notice in 22 at the end, they indicated the time. They arrived at the tomb early in the morning to bring the spices. Verse 1 of this chapter says, they discussed who was going to roll away the stone as they were going over there. Mark 16, 3 says, they're worried about things that are not going to happen. Kind of like you and I. They're never going to happen. They get there, the stones roll away. There's an earthquake. Angel rolls it away. Then he sits on the stone and waits for them. Now, you got to get all four Gospels because you have all this supplementary material. There was one, there was two, there was up on the rock. It's a complete picture of everything. Put it together. No contradiction. Now, notice they acknowledge their ability to make any sense of all of this. They were unable. Astonished us. Dumbfounded. In wonderment. Again, they're trying to make sense of this. And you and I in life, sometimes things don't, they don't line up. And we do what we're supposed to, and then things happen, and we say, how could God allow this and this going on? And, and we go through these things, and all that's good. It's spiritual exercises. They gave the reason. When they did not find the body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of an angel, and he said he was alive. The tomb's empty. The angel's shining garments were at the tomb. They asked the women, why do you seek the living among the dead? Verse 4. The question may not sound real profound, but ladies, I hope you're not going to find a date at the morgue. Today, you never know. Luke 16, 6 says, he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not there. See the place where they laid him. He rose from the dead. They get the message. So they're dealing with this. He's right beside them. They don't even know. Doesn't that sound familiar? You go through your most difficult trial. You're going there, and you're just all there, you know, and you're not even aware Jesus is right next to you. He's right there. But also notice concerning the confirmed witness of the apostles in verse 24. Peter and John were the apostles, as we'll see. It says, and certain of those who were with us, went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. There in verse 23. You confirm this in the 12th verse of this chapter. And also John chapter 20, verse 3 through 4. John and Peter ran to the tomb and John outran Peter. And they found it empty. And when they got there, John stooped down, looked in. Peter just rushed in and then John followed him. He saw... And he believed, John 20, 5 through 8 says. John was the first one to believe. Others did not. So much for believing if you can see. They believe when they didn't see. Notice now in verse 25 through 27, Jesus wanted to talk to them about their lack of understanding about God's word. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. The word foolish means without sense of understanding. He's reproving them intellectually. He stated the cause of their unbelief. Don't miss it. Slow of heart to believe. 
there should always be a very keen awareness of our lack of understanding regarding the scriptures, regardless of how long we've walked with God, how much we've studied, that we're dependent upon him as I read that he speak to my heart. Jesus reveals himself to talk with man. Pastor Xavier Reese, with the one and only reason for hope, despite any circumstance, and that's the empty tomb. Pastor Xavier is presenting a very inspiring message titled, Who Does Jesus Reveal Himself To? And there's much more to come next time. But if you can't join in, you can always pick up a copy of this message on CD for only $4. And make sure you pass on this study to a friend. Once again, the title to ask for is, Who Does Jesus Reveal Himself To? Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. So does walking the talk get you any closer to God? Join Pastor Xavier Reese tracing the steps of the two on the road to Emmaus for the answer next time on Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com